Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Attention, true crime enthusiast, searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Wait, hold the phone. We do have an episode coming, but first we have a very important announcement. Paul, can we get like a one of those breaking news sort of sound cues? Perfect. The secret project that we have been mentioning for years, decades, centuries <laughs> <laughs> is finally available. Everyone, if it is possible, I ask you to stand up at your desk while you're listening to this. Stand up. Uh, from your couch, stand up and listen. You guys like to read, right? You like cool pictures? Well, we got you covered on both fronts with stuff they don't want you to know. The book. That's true. That was like, I, I love how you did that, Noel. That was like a, um, that was like the part in the last Avengers film where Captain America goes, Avengers, assemble. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is true. As people who are paid to talk, we had such a hard time not talking about this. Fellow conspiracy realist, we wrote a book for you. And uh, no fooling, we have been working in secret, in concert with some great folks, uh, yours, your fellow conspiracy realists included. Uh, we cannot wait 
for you to check out this book. And if you're listening to this episode the day it comes out, you can go right now to stuffyoushouldread.com and check out, uh, I mean, just check out the cover. Yes. It's, uh, it's amazing. All praise to Nick Turbo Benson. All praise. All, all hail. Uh, friend of the show, friend of us as human people, uh, and just a great guy and absurdly talented. And boy, oh boy, are you going to get an eyeful of Nick Benson, full page, glossy, screen printy, beautiful, gorgeous illustrations, along with a super kind of nuggetable um, reader on various conspiracies that we have covered throughout the history of this show. Which ones are real? Which ones are a bit trumped up? Um, what lies? in between we will tell you yeah so for this one folks uh we focus primarily on government conspiracies as we've said on the show before doesn't matter where you live your government has lied to you and probably is lying to you because that's part of what being a government means but how many of those stories are fanciful tall tales how many are provable? And perhaps most importantly, how do we distinguish between the two in a so-called post-truth world? It's a question we answer in depth. We can't wait for you to check this out. We can't wait to hear from you about it. Also, uh, peek behind the curtain here, folks. We would love for you to get this book in advance. We have so many ideas. We have so many other things we want to do. You know, when, when we started this show, we were convinced we were going to get fired <laughs> in like, what, two weeks or so. Uh, and we kept this crazy ride going only because of you, uh, only with your support. So uh, we don't often do this. We don't often, you know, toot our own horn uh, so much, but... The three of us worked really, really hard on this, and we hope we get a chance to do this even more often in the future. And the reality is we can. We can uh, with your help. Hey, look, we don't have a subscription service for the show. We don't have a Patreon or something like that. If you really do want to support the show, an amazing way to do it is to pre-order a copy of Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. Just head over to StuffYouShouldRead.com if you wish to do that. We massively would appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Thank you for, for doing that if you choose to. And we really, really are excited about this. Uh, j just do it. Do the thing. <laughs> It'd be Buy great. it for your friends. Yeah. Buy it for your enemies. Buy Get it for your copies. exes. <laughs> yeah, right. Buy a pile I of know. them and just pass them out at the airport <laughs> like a Hare Krishna. You know, like, I mean, be a stuff they don't want you to know evangelist. All right. This part is done. We're about to get swifty with it. Here we go. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul, Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. I uh, would like to begin today's episode, part two in a series, by giving a special shout-out to our fellow conspiracy realists, Scott and Erica, who actually, get this, Matt, 
Noel and I were there. Get this. They uh, showed up at our local chicken wing spot, which is the local. That's true. Uh, yeah, you met him, Noel. I did. It was, a delo- uh, d- it was a lovely evening. <laughs> it was really cool <laughs> to meet them and uh, just chat. And they came all the way in from Baltimore. I'd never been to Atlanta before. And uh, I think they ended up hanging with uh, our buddy Nick Benson after you and I took off and going to a, a secondary location. So hopefully they had oh. a really nice time. Yeah, well, shout out to you all, and uh, thanks for dropping by. Again, you are the most important part of the show, specifically you, and we are especially grateful for every conspiracy realist in these troubled times. This is an episode where we answer a question. I went on Twitter earlier to check about this. This is an episode where we answer the question, what is Swift, what is the Swift banking system? I mean, let's be honest, money makes the world go round, right? As the conflict in Eastern Europe continues, uh, collectively, we saw actions that we had predicted would come to pass in earlier episodes. And this is the kind of show where it's not always good news when we're correct. Uh, we were right about sanctions, and we were so far uh, correct about context. Look, NATO, the U.S., and other forces went pretty hard on the sanction paint. They drove Russia's already struggling domestic economy into a tailspin. Not a lot of people are investing in rubles. Recently, the global public learned of this other type of economic warfare, and it's something people outside of the world of geopolitics and finance hadn't really heard of. It's SWIFT. It's an acronym. It's a big, big deal. Uh, Long story short, in retaliation for the invasion of Ukraine, Russia just got kicked out of this thing called SWIFT. But what is it? Why does it matter? And perhaps more importantly, why were some European countries so hesitant to pull the plug? Here are the facts. If we want to talk about SWIFT, We have to talk about international banking. Everybody drink some coffee. We got to stay awake for this one. So a lot of people, including ourselves, heard about sanctions against Russia. Uh, Like anything in geopolitics, sanctions are not particularly new, and they are very much not easily lifted. Uncle Sam, for instance, is still salty at Cuba. And has had embargoes and sanctions on that island nation for many decades now. Uh, What happened with sanctions recently is that the West was deploying further sanctions against Russia because they they had already done so uh, under previous world leadership. But they started describing something as a nuclear option, quote unquote, Uh, And the nuclear option was the sanction that is very difficult to walk back, which was kicking them out of the sphere of international banking. Globally connected finance networks are, in a very real way, love it or hate it, the backbone of modern civilization. Maybe not the best term to just throw around, the nuclear option, being that there is, in fact, an actual nuclear option. Um, Just putting that out. Which is also being mentioned. Uh Uh-huh. Back on that enormous table, or one of the enormous tables that Vladimir That massive boardroom table with 100 feet separating Putin from his shivering toadies. Right, and to be candid, 
this is still hopefully a distant possibility. I think if I had to guess, I think the first foray would be something like a quote unquote nuclear test. Um, but, but uh, Russian forces have acquired, invaded, and they are occupying Chernobyl as we speak. So, yeah. yeah so, yeah, the global West and the innocent people of Ukraine, and honestly, the innocent citizens of Russia are very worried about this stuff. But let's go back to the banking thing. So it's boring, and it's kind of a feature, not a bug. You know, it's it's good to those in power for banking to be a snooze fest. But it's weird if you think about it. Imagine out of all the things that countries always fight about throughout history to the present day, there's one thing they could all finally agree on. And it was so it was so lame. They all, they all got together and said, we need ways to move money. All right. Ideology aside, guys, you know, cultural whatnots and whataboutisms aside, we got to we got tabs to pay. Right. Uh, that is that is what Swift comes from. Like, think about this. Like, Matt Noel, when's the last time any of us sent a physical check? I bet we remember because I bet it's rare. I mean, I, 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 it was so rare that I think I had to go to the bank and get like a counter check because I don't have a checkbook to my name. Um, I just don't. Well, I actually have several checkbooks in here, guys. You got any um, Superman ones? Are they are they bespoke? No, are no they, they are not. Accounts? They've got a. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Give us the juice. Uh, it's just the old accounts that I've had. Uh, I've had the same account. And it's just changed banks as bigger banks keep consuming the smaller. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I did use one not long ago, and it was just to pay a company that came over to the house to help me with some repairs. And it, it's it's a weird thing because then you have to wait for everything to occur before you get confirmation from your own bank that yeah. money has actually changed hands. And ah. then, uh, I don't know, it, it becomes a strange thing. We're so used to having immediate transfers when we're banking online in some way or just using, you know, an app or something. We as consumers, but banks have also become very much accustomed to that. Well, you know who does use checks still is uh, Uncle Sam. I mean, I think the, 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 the most often I handle a check is when I get a refund. Um, from the mm -hmm. government, but now those you know, obviously those can be done direct deposit as well. But uh, it's interesting, like you know, checks seem so antiquated, but like there are machines at grocery stores, for example, where I think still some older folks do use checks, where they scan yeah. them through and it, and it scans that barcode, and it does happen more quickly, almost almost the same uh, rate, I mm. believe, as a debit transaction. The global consumer, from the individual to the state level actor. Uh, is pretty much on on board with uh, the old Jay Z line. I got no passion, I got no patience, and I hate waiting. <laughs> so, yeah, like imagine living your life without electronic access to money. It is possible, but it is increasingly impractical in the modern day. I mean, think about it. And a lot of people do think about this. What if you could only handle those? physical representations of money in specific amounts. You can only write the check. You have to wait for the check to clear. 
you can only use cold hard cash. Or back in earlier days, you can only use whatever weird thing is the physical currency of your community, right? Like people talk about gold and the gold standard. Um, you know, humans have been using crazy stuff as currency, as representations of wealth for such a long time. Peppercorns, uh, big rocks. That's a true story. There was a community that like used big rocks as money. And I'm only laughing at that because I also laugh at the idea of the dollar. And now as we're increasingly moving toward abstract representations of value and wealth, money, by the way, is only um, only an equation of labor over time basically. And that's an apolitical observation. What what we see is like when, when I'm asking, when's the last time we touched the physical check? It sounds like for most people, it is not necessarily a normal occurrence, right? The most normal occurrence is to, at least in the US, is to receive a check, like you said, Noel, from maybe a state or federal entity, um, it's Perhaps relatively an overpayment on a credit card or something like that. They'll issue you right. a check for like eight dollars and send it to and you. And you guys, you guys know I love culture jamming and I love being a problem. I have, uh, I have at least one credit card that I just, I continually have a zero balance, and every so often, I just pay them five dollars because I know eventually they're going to have to waste time and effort sending me that $5 back. It's weird. It's weird. I'm not saying I'm a good person. (laughs) I'm not saying I'm a good person by any means, but I like the culture jamming. I like the asymmetric warfare of it. So for a lot of folks, especially our younger conspiracy realists, it may be difficult to remember the last time you wrote a physical check. You may be thinking of one of your elders in your family, or you may be thinking of your parents making a big purchase, right? Like a house or a car, etc. Surprise, surprise. The system is not that different at the top. People don't like waiting. They have no passion. They have no patience. You know, uh, this is where something called the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication comes into play. Street name, Swift. Cool name. What is it? It, it, it talks with so much money. Um, Planet Money put it really well, uh, NPR podcast, uh, where they called it a WhatsApp or as you pointed out off air, Matt, a signal a communication platform for banks. It's going to surprise a lot of people to realize that SWIFT itself is not a government entity. It is not, you know, a body of the United Nations, nor is it a body of NATO, nor is it a body of the European Union. It's essentially a ton of countries and private banks that got together in May of 1973 and said, we got to team up. And they rose in response to problems uh, before they, before SWIFT came into play. And we'll explain a little bit more about what SWIFT is. Before it came into play, international financial transactions from individuals, from institutions, from countries, any, any of those entities communicating together, 
those usually took place over a thing called Telex. And talk about feeling old. Uh, Telex is a precursor to something that's also antiquated nowadays, the fax machine. Remember, guys, in our old office, we had a fax machine, and it was just the most, it was such a pain in the keister to use it. Well, not only that, just occasionally it'll just make that crazy modem sound. <laughs> it's a little jarring, you know. Paul, can we get the modem sound? Uh-huh. There it is. There it is. It's interesting. Ben, you and I were, were hanging last night and talking about just the the very interesting history of data transfer and like how ultimately we still use a lot of technologies that are very lo-fi, like con- like encoded within that sound is is the the data that is the sound of the data like going from through the lines being interpreted by the other side it's all in a sound um and that's essentially what telex was doing but again even more lo-fi it was a precursor to the fax machine (laughs) if we can imagine what that would be like as antiquated as the fax machine seems yeah so telex is essentially communicating via telephone lines you know what i mean it's a descendant in some ways, of the telegraph, right? It's in the name. But the issue with Telex was that it was controlled, in a way, uh, such that European countries and banks were increasingly concerned that a private entity, heaven forfend, God forbid, an American private entity might control the global flow of money. This was based in the actions of an outfit called First National City Bank. You know it today as Citibank with a uh, spelled C-I-T-I. So it sounds less dangerous. It's, yeah, it's quirky. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the Europeans, the old money, thought that this bank was getting a little too big for its Yankee britches. Uh, they also, I don't want to ding the Europeans here, they also had a really valid point with this concern. And it, it, it's a fascinating thing. So telex senders had to transcribe every transaction. They had to write it out in sentences by hand. And then those sentences had to be interpreted and then executed by the person on the other end of the, you know, the can and string line that is telex. What this meant is that it led to, (laughs) and this is so interesting. I think I'm supposed to say it led to a lot of errors And it had slower processing time. But when we're talking about errors, what we're really talking about is corruption, often on the part of the powerful, Uh, people who are powerful enough to get away with one of those old Dave Chappelle, I'm sorry, officer, I didn't know I couldn't do that kind of things in court. So a lot. uh, So it is, I am certain that uh, several financial shenanigans that were premeditated and purposeful executed via telex were later uh, sort of dropped down to just Bob Ross happy accidents, right? (laughs) And those people didn't go to jail. Anyhow, so the Europeans have real concerns. SWIFT wins the day. It is a co-op. It is not a government body. It is, as we speak, the current global standard for financial messaging. Uh, We don't have to get into 
too into the weeds, but we should describe a bit about how this mechanism works. What do we say when, what do we mean when we say it's like Signal or Telegram or WhatsApp for banks? What do we mean? What does that all mean? It's a messaging system, but it's not just going between you know, different countries, different languages. It's going between currencies. You can make exchanges of all different sorts. Really think of one, you can exchange it through SWIFT if you are a member financial institution. It's kind of odd to think about. If you imagine all of the transactions that occur, maybe automated payments that happen from your bank account or uh, credit card payments, little things you buy uh, during a day if you're going to get lunch or something, You've got a certain number of transactions that are that are occurring. Now imagine that on like a countrywide scale or a, an entire bank scale. Think about a bank like Bank of America, let's just say. Uh, how many transactions are actually occurring throughout the day for that one bank? Or just think about any bank, whichever one you use. There are billions of transactions occurring across the world that go through SWIFT. And Every it's, it's single day. Yeah, every day, every moment. It's just happening. Money is just transferring all over the planet. And Swift is the thing that's carrying that. It's the uh, jet stream that all of those transactions are flying through across the world. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Think about this. Like, have you ever wired money to someone overseas or someone in a different country? For many of us in the audience today, the answer is yes. And some of us have had money wired to us for one reason or another. It's pretty easy nowadays in many parts of the world, and that's all due to SWIFT. Right now, there are more than 11,000 global SWIFT member institutions, <clears throat> minus eight. That's, you know, eight Russian banks. Uh, they sent an average of 42 million messages per day through this network alone in 2021, which actually is uh, a little over an 11% increase in frequency from 2020. Yeah, fine. Okay, I'm throwing a lot of numbers out there. But what the hell is SWIFT exactly? It's not a financial institution is the thing. It's not like, you know, your Bank of America or what have you. It's not like the Federal Reserve. It is a messaging network that all these institutions Matt Noel and I are describing use to securely transmit information and then instructions about a banking transaction through a standardized system of codes. So like if you ever look on the back of a book, uh, you see an ISBN, right? That's a standardized coding system describing a specific book. Or if you are in a grocery store in many parts of the world, uh, if you look at a mass-produced food product, you turn it around, and then you'll usually see a barcode, a UPC. Swift is sort of like that, but it is much more secure. It also Swift also doesn't hold or transfer money itself. And it has no client accounts. It just facilitates the movement of money. And that's incredibly important to the world's most important and powerful groups of people. All of them. All of them. Or what's that Gary Oldman meme? Everyone. He's like screaming everyone. 
everything, whatever. Uh, the, <laughs> I, I think I know of, that one. I think of Ron Swanson when he says all of the bacon, <laughs> all of your bacon and eggs. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. So make sure you heard me. <laughs> Yes. So just like the reason we're we're citing these memes and these pop culture moments is because it's not hyperbole. All of these institutions, all of these countries would be crippled without access to SWIFT, including the United States. Uh, there are earlier examples, by the way, of people getting kicked off SWIFT, uh, the most notably Iran. We'll get to that in a second. So what they do, we can blaze through this part. SWIFT gives each and every financial organization, its own unique code. It has like eight characters or 11 characters. You can find a pretty approachable and accurate breakdown on how to read those codes. If you go to places like Investopedia, we don't have to go into it right now, but let's just, just so you know, if you want to, if you want to be the code whisperer of Swift, if that is important to you, you can figure out how to read the things. The best way to explain why Swift is important is probably through example. Let's say you're, um, let's say you're, you're Matt Frederick. You're in New York, Matt, you're in New York and you have to send money to Noel and Noel is in Italy and cool. Matt. Yeah. Nice. And Matt, you are, um, just so we can spin out this thought experiment, Matt, you are, you are sending money to Noel because he needs to put down a deposit on the place that you guys are staying for your Italy adventure, right? Uh, and so you go to your Bank of America, your Wells Fargo, your Chase, whatever, and you just walk into New York and you want to you wanna get this money to our guy. Uh, but our guy, being based in Italy now, uses a different bank. He doesn't use Bank of America. He doesn't use Wells Fargo or Wachovia, I think was the older version of that. I just like the name Wachovia because it sounds like a weird cough. Wachovia. Mm. Um, but, but, <laughs> I'm also not, I'm also not, I'm sending him U.S. dollars. You're sending him U.S. Which dollars. Yeah, 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 exactly. So how do we make those U.S. dollars from Wachovia turn into Euro in an Italian bank. It's because of Swift. You walk into your local branch there in the Big Apple, and then you say, I need to send blah, 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 blah. And then the banks make it so easy. They use Swift to communicate. So via this messaging platform, you're like, we got this guy, Matt, and he's with us, and there's this other system that this guy, Noel, is with, and we need to make this money make sense. In in this regard, you could kind of say that Swift is like a, a secret language for banks. It works because pretty much every bank speaks it. It's a common financial tongue. At this point, it's very fair, and we, we may need to break for an ad soon, but at this point, there's a good question. Why should I care? Why, why, why are you guys telling me about banking? Uh, well, imagine your own daily expenses. Imagine that while Matt and Noel are planning their new life in Italy, I am walking up to an ATM and I find out it's out of order. That's happened to everyone 
in the West at some point, right? You you just want to draw out a couple of bucks in cold, hard cash, and the ATM is out of service. But imagine that happens to you everywhere, just like with our quesadilla uh, example in the sanctions episode. Your card doesn't work. No one will accept it. You have been removed from the ability to send or receive anything at all. This is the state of a country without swift access. You can have all the resources in the world. It doesn't matter what they are. It could be gas. It could be lumber. It could be tin. It could be titanium. It could be wheat. You won't be able to move it outside of your border without physical transactions, without writing a check, right? And when's the last time countries trusted each other without, you know, sending over gold or uh, a mass of peppercorns or whatever happens to be in vogue. To be fair, there are some competitors out there, but Swift is by far top in its class. That's what all the hubbub is about. The global international order has, in retaliation for the Ukraine invasion, removed Russia's ability to speak the common tongue of global money. And there is a phrase for this that is much more familiar than the kind of arcane ins and outs that we just discussed. That phrase is economic warfare. We're going to pause for a moment. We'll be back after a word from our sponsors. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details.
This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Here's where it gets crazy. Economic warfare, huh? Huh? That's a little more exciting than just saying Swift. Right now, if you turn on your television, if you turn on your radio, if you look on Reddit, if you go to any major news source, you will probably notice that the world is currently engaging in economic warfare and there is a real hot land war occurring in Eastern Europe. Right now, it's the biggest land war that has happened in that area in decades, and it really uh sucks. <laughs> it sucks for everybody. And it's scary. And I mean, really think about it. Russia is is engaging with Ukraine right now. It's a nuclear power. Uh, many of the NATO countries have nuclear capability. Everybody is on high alert. And the lever that's being pulled right now by the West, by NATO, by all, well, it's not necessarily NATO, but by the West and by the United States uh, is is economic, attacking the wallets, uh, attacking the banks. Um, I'm scared. This sucks. Let's talk about it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it's true. It's a, it's a dangerous balancing act. What you're seeing right now, as we are recording on March 4th, 2022, is everybody trying not to be the first person to push the button on the bomb, right? It's it's a tremendously, insanely high-stakes game of chicken. And the innocent people of Ukraine, of Russia, of, of the entire region are caught in between these world powers. So the question is, how do we stop an invasion without sending in NATO? How do you stop the nukes from launching? The calculus that NATO countries eventually arrived at after a lot of dithering was to cut off Russia's military ambitions at the source. We don't need to, they thought, we don't need to um, bother with testing mutually assured destruction if we can just remove Russia's ability to pay for war. The inability to use this messaging platform, SWIFT, to communicate with other banks outside of Russia's border will severely hinder Russia's ability to access the money they need to continue the assault in Ukraine. It's an interesting strategy. 
It is not a new one by any means. Uh, and the way it's being reported in the U.S. bears a little bit, uh, a little bit more scrutiny, I would say. Only a certain number of Russian banks have been given the boot. I think there are about seven or eight. Uh, we're talking um, banks that would be unfamiliar to a lot of people not in Europe. A lot of people in the U.S., you're going you're gonna to hear like a cavalcade of names. You know what? Let's do it. Who's got the best Russian? Who's got the best Russian voice? I think I mean, it's you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I did not mean to volunteer myself for the front well, here, line I'll there. give you a couple of these. There's a TB, which is it may actually be recognizable to you. I've seen images of that before. Rosaya. There's... Otkriti Novim Novikombank. Uh, sure, there's a bunch of those. They, I, I'm not going to be able to pronounce correctly. You can find a list of these banks all over the place. Uh, recommend you checking well, it out. I mean, you know, look, here's the thing. I mean, we know from our last episode and just from paying attention and just knowing what we know about Putin in general that dude's a pretty calculated character and he has, uh, you know, been planning this invasion for a long time. Um, we have seen there are likely some setbacks and that he maybe overplayed his hand a little bit, but he is maintaining the line that everything is going on schedule and everything's going exactly as by his planned. Um, don't you think he would have seen these sanctions coming oh, and, yeah. and had a contingency yes. plan? You know, I mean, like, it just seems to me like it's just going to piss him off rather than actually hinder his advance. And really, it's just trickling down to screwing over the average Russian citizens. Well, yeah. And also, we're, we're going to talk about blowback here because economic warfare is more unpredictable than the policy wonks and the boffins would have the average person believe. So, OK, here's here's the myth busting, right? Only a certain proportion of Russian banks were excluded from SWIFT. As of March 2nd, two days ago as we record, the banks that uh, Matt mentioned are given 10 days to wind down their SWIFT operations. And you can read this. This is not scuttlebutt. It's not rumor. The exceptions to that rule are banks that handle energy payments, are banks that help facilitate the movement of gas and oil and fossil fuels. So why is this dangerous? Well, the issue is that revoking swift access does not just hurt Russia. It hurts the Russian economy most immediately and most severely, but China leans heavy on Russia for trade goods. As we mentioned at the top of the show, it's important to remember that Russia itself is a massive resource exporter, right? And there are a lot of countries in the African continent, in the Middle East, that depend upon wheat in particular, cereal grains. The UK and the Netherlands, uh, the United Kingdom, I should say, the UK, the United Kingdom and the Netherlands also depend on Russia for a lot of trade goods. The world is interconnected now in ways that are almost impossible for one person alone to envision, to fully comprehend. And in a world of interconnected trade, bleep me here, Paul, 
rolls downhill. <laughs> there is a domino effect. This means that Europe and the U.S. may also be adversely affected. If you live in the U.S., you may remember that a lot of the domestic opposition to conflict in the Middle East, to U.S. involvement in the Middle Eastern conflicts, came about when people started seeing gas prices rise. That's what it took. It wasn't, it wasn't acknowledging the tax dollars are paying for weapons of war. It wasn't acknowledging that innocent people are dying. It's that moment where someone goes, what? Four dollars? Well, that's the line. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because now it's me. It's different because it's me. It's about to go a lot higher than four dollars. Um, yeah, it's it's. It's pretty scary because if you think about how much oil Russia produces and exports to countries across the world, countries like Germany, uh, who are attempting to take steps to mitigate that issue uh, of like cutting off the oil that they get from Russia. But it's it's going to get rough. And again, we're talking about grain. We're talking about all kinds of commodities. If you cut them out of the game there's going to be more. I mean, there is demand. There's a huge demand for things like grain, you know, food and the ability to drive vehicles around. Um, It's going to it's going to raise prices across the board. And it already is. I mean, drive, drive to go get gas right now. Try it. Uh, See what you're you're going to come away spending quite a bit of money. Um, And the scary thing for me is that we just talked about this. I don't even remember which episode it was, but we just discussed how inflation is happening all around us, especially here in the U.S., that we, we notice it most if, most immediately because it's at the grocery store, right? It is at the gas station. Um, consumer prices, listen to this, rose 7.5% in the past 12 months. Yeah, yeah, up to January. And mm-hmm. I love the point you're making there, Matt, because the the fossil fuel rise right the the rise in demand for fossil fuel ultimately will fall on anything you buy that is in any way affected by fossil fuel so we're talking about trucking we're talking about cargo ships we're talking about keeping the lights on at your house you know your energy bills etc uh this this hits globally that's that's the thing russia produces about 10 million barrels of oil Every day, that's about 10% of current global consumption. And analysts, like people who spend their lives studying the fossil fuel industry, are concerned that oil prices could surge to $120 a barrel thanks to this conflict. And again, when we talk about resources, we have to emphasize people's lives are more important. Right. You can replace a resource. You cannot replace a human life. They are individual, distinct, and unique. But people like Patrick Dehan, who is the head of petroleum analysis at a place, I, I love the name of this place, Gas Buddy, said Gas Buddy's great. <laughs> gas Buddy. Uh, so, so our Gas Buddies are saying that a move to $120 per barrel of oil. And listen to our previous episodes on big oil to figure out what a barrel means. Uh, This rise to $120 could increase U.S. gas prices to 
$4 a gallon or in excess of $4 a gallon. We mentioned Russia is also the biggest wheat exporter. It's a huge producer of precious metals like palladium, aluminum, nickel. We also said Ukraine has a lot of uranium, titanium, steel. What we're saying is when those operations of resource movement and allocation are disrupted, it hits everyone. There's not there. You can aim something like uh, economic warfare. You can aim it at an initial country, but especially now, it's going to be like um, saying you want to poison one part of the ocean because the ocean is its own inextricably connected thing. So that's part of why, that's part of why Russia is only partially removed from SWIFT because the people of Western Europe need to not freeze, honestly. And that's also part of why the U.S. called it a nuclear option. If we're going to wax poetic, let's just say the quiet part out loud. A long, long time ago, Uncle Sam figured out that there are times where you can use U.S. dollars the same way you would use bullets or missiles. You can weaponize the dollar. We talked about this in our petrodollar episode, right? Like the global reserve currency, the SWIFT is the common tongue or the the WhatsApp or the signal for banks. But when it comes to currency, the U.S. dollar is the most widely accepted currency in the world. If you have 10 bucks, if you have uh, like a, 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 an old school $10 bill from the United States, your odds of someone letting you use that to pay for something or buy something are much higher than almost any other currency. You know, that's, that's just the reality. It is economic dominance. It is an economic hegemon. And the U.S. has tremendous privilege as the sole issuer of the world's de facto reserve currency. They use it as a carrot stick tool in global policy all the time. Pretty much every place on earth accepts cash. Even, even countries that are um, fundamentally opposed to the United States will say, okay, burn the U.S. to the ground, but we will, we will accept dollars if you have dollars. No checks. So back in 2014, um, the Obama administration blocked uh, several Russian banks from SWIFT um, as the relationship between our country and Russia began to deteriorate. Um, Trump, on the other hand, uh, threatened to lock China out of the dollar system if it failed to follow UN sanctions on North Korea. We know that Trump was very vocal in his opposition to China and uh, a little bit on the cozy side when it came to Russia. Yeah, shout out to the compromat. I still wonder what's in that steel dossier. You know what the I PP mean? The PP tape? Like, well, that's, that's the rumor, but it hasn't yeah. been confirmed. No, you know? no. Also, we are in the midst of a new kind of war. You know, It's very much a war of information. It's taking place on two separate fronts, every war now. Uh, so the these sanctions do affect the economy. Uh, in 2014, Prime Minister Medvedev said that 
sanctions resulted in a loss of tens of billions of dollars of value. So it it hits hard. Uh, But we have to talk a little bit more about future and past concerns, what SWIFT means to Russia, what SWIFT means to Ukraine, what SWIFT means to Europe, and ultimately what SWIFT means to you and what these what the fallout of this will be because just like a bomb there is fallout it's on the way live nation presents concert week from now through may 14th get 25 dollar tickets to over 5,000 summer shows that's up to 75 percent off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 savage alanis morissette cage the elephant celeste barber dirks bentley janet jackson megan trainer peso pluma sean paul some 41 and many more for way less grab your tickets now through may 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just 20 $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. We've returned. Make no mistake, 
we're not being hyperbolic. Uh, economic warfare is not a missile or a bomb, but this removal from SWIFT, even though it's it's partial, it does remain a weapon of war and it functions as one. In fact, you could make the argument that it's more dangerous in some ways because it's less easy to control, which makes it therefore less predictable. So if this is such a powerful weapon, why did some European countries hesitate? to make this move. I mean, I love what you pointed out earlier, Noel. Yes, Russia was well aware of the fallout. Nobody in this conversation is particularly thick or dunderheaded. Russia has been con- like attempting to mitigate the possible damage of this economic warfare for quite some time. And as we discussed in our previous episode, They're the ones with their hand on the faucet for much of Europe's energy supply. So members of Russia, or members of Russian parliament, I should say, uh, even said as much. They said, look, if Russia is taken off of SWIFT, then you, Europe, will have to find your gas somewhere else. And that could spell disaster for millions of innocent people. As a matter of fact, as we're recording now, the you. The United States is actively selling energy, fossil fuels, to Europe at a lower rate to try to get in front of the idea of uh, Europe without energy. And we also know that this has inspired further pushes toward alternative energy in Europe because they don't want to be hooked on the gas, right? They don't want to be addicted to gas the same way that in the in Iran or in North Korea or in Russia, their perspective is they don't want to be addicted to the U.S. dollar. Uh, Russia has taken some some pretty proactive steps to try to get in front of this. Everybody is trying to predict the next move, and everybody is trying to sort of indemnify themselves against the consequences. Does that make sense? Well, it does. And Russia is no stranger to sanctions. They know what happened in, you know, around 2008 with Georgia and 2014 uh, with Crimea. And they actually started making moves, probably thinking in long game terms, as they tend to do, that this stuff might happen again. We might end up being kicked out of SWIFT at some point. So they started, uh, I you know, I guess you can call it a homegrown SWIFT they got swifty with it and created this thing <laughs> called SPFS. <laughs> um, it's the system for transfer of financial messages, a very similar thing to use. And they've got several hundred members of that thing already, just internally within Russia and a couple other member states outside. So they've got something they can use that isn't swift while it isn't the same number of connections and the same uh, level of power. Uh, it, it still functions. Right. So it means that you can, if you are Russia, you can say, uh, you know, SWIFT's not really popping for us right now, but have you heard of SPFS? That's the new kid on the block. Uh, they, they also purchased a lot of gold. Wait, I can't say a ton. 
for non-Americans, it's really common for us to say a ton when we mean a lot of something, but it is very much not an accurate expression. I think if you look at it, when you say a ton of people, we pointed this out on air earlier, a ton of people is like 12 to 13 people. It's not a lot of people, but <laughs> depending the other way. Oh, Matt, I see you looking it up. All right. So I was going to look I was going to look it up. Uh I was anyway, just like what is 2000 pounds to kilograms and then we could convert that. Uh, anyway, don't don't worry. No, about it. we should do it. So it's just a lot. It's a lot. That's what we mean. Uh so there's a old school analog solution to moving away from the dollar which is you accumulate treasure just like a dragon in a fantasy novel. You get a hoard of gold and you sit on it. And then when people say, hey, we want this thing, or you say, hey, I want this thing, you just pay them in something shiny and metallic. Uh, Before ending their purchase program at the onset of the COVID pandemic, Russia was the world's largest central bank buyer of gold. The Central Bank of Russia, think of it like the government's bank, essentially. Uh, The Central Bank of Russia bought $4.3 billion worth of gold in just over the year of June 2019 to June 2020 alone. And it turns out they've been buying tons of gold way, way before that. They would put Smaug to shame. uh, And in oh, I got fairness, a good phrase for it, Ben. I got a good yeah, phrase yeah. for it. Mass, yeah. mass quantities. Mass quantities. There it is. That's way better than a ton. <laughs> Nailed it. So at the same time they're doing this, they have been aggressively selling off their U.S. debt holding. Um, as we discussed earlier, debt for a country is way different than debt for regular folks. You know what I mean? Um, At times, it is quite beneficial for a country to have uh, some sort of international debt. Uh, Like other countries buying up United States debt actually shores up and strengthens the status of the U.S. dollar. But this... This leads so we're getting in the weeds, but this leads us to something really important. You need to know we need to be aware that everything is a precedent in the world of geopolitics. Very, very, very few things are one offs. The weaponization of SWIFT does have a precedent in earlier years, it has been applied. Iran, for instance, um, and, and other similar financial sanctions. So it comes from a precedent, but it also sets a precedent for future conflicts. We say it all the time now. Nothing happens in a vacuum. Experts, economic analysts, again, people who spend their lives studying this, folks like Peter Schiff are well aware of this. They are warning that other countries are watching how the U.S. handles its economic power during this conflict. And I I wanted to pull a quotation from him at the 10thamendmentcenter.com where he notes the importance of uh, the other countries watching. 
Quote, China is looking on, thinking, well, Russia's doing something America doesn't want. They're getting sanctioned. What if we do something that America doesn't want as well? Uh, We get sanctioned. They pull the dollar out from under us. Let's go out from under the dollar on our own. Let's not leave this weapon in the hands of the U.S. that can be turned against us at any time. And this, of course, can create, you know, the potential for future economic standoffs in which the United States does not have nearly as much of the upper hand uh, as in past exchanges. China, of course, is one of the largest uh, foreign holders of U.S. debt. Uh, and if China were to dump a significant amount of um, U.S. treasuries, it could potentially uh, have a catastrophic effect on the bond market and make it very, very difficult for the United States to finance this massive debt. Uh, we always hear about, you know, what if China calls in its debt? I mean, it's not as simple as that. It's not as cut as, cut and dry as that. Or if they, like, flood the market with, you know, um, with, with U.S. currency, it could, like, cause, you know, drastic fluctuations in, in the value of the dollar. Um, they do have a significant amount of power and leverage uh, in this. But some of these scenarios are, you know, there's, there's just only a, a seed of truth to some of these more, like, extreme kind of scenarios of how China could play this card. Yeah, well said, man, because the the issue here is that tanking Russia's economy has clear repercussions for other connected economies. And ultimately, the majority of world economies are connected in some way, some much more than others. Sure. But ultimately, there are ripple effects There are unforeseen consequences. And the future right now is yet to be seen. As we we said in a previous episode, not even DARPA can predict it yet. Uh, But this sort of warfare does come with an unavoidable, inescapable, tragic cost. And it's one that goes far past banking codes. It goes past, like, piles of dragon gold and piles of uh, printed cash or whatever. It's this... People in power, and this is true, people in power can often circumvent sanctions. They can preserve their own personal quality of life. But people living in those punished countries, living in those affected countries, already typically are already not going to have a voice in the policy or decisions of their government. Uh, I think that gets you a one-way ticket to a Russian prison these days. But they are going to have to bear the burden of skyrocketing prices, widespread shortages, and economic chaos. And you have to be aware, again, like if you if you have any contacts in Russia, uh, you are well aware of just how profound the propaganda game is there. Like they are very good at it. There is no alternative to their Fox News, just to be clear. Right. And I mean, so, as of right now, there isn't because the the last independent, one of the very last independent Russian TV stations just went off the air. And you can actually watch a video right now of the last broadcast where the last things said were no war. Yeah, exactly. And that's a great point, Matt, uh, because, again, these are innocent people working with the information they have. Right. And the world is watching. We have not one thing I want us to get to in a future episode is something that Noel Matt, I, I think we're all um, fascinated by is the viability of cryptocurrency in yes. this regard, right? 
Uh, yeah, because in terms of getting around some of these uh, these sanctions, at the very least, in terms of the way the military and the government might, might be able to kind of keep running without some of these foreign um, go-betweens in terms of moving money. Just so, just so. And crypto is not quite the Wild West it was back in the day, several years ago. But there's still there's still a flexibility and liquidity that doesn't uh, doesn't quite occur with your hordes of gold or with your hordes of currency. Still, in the meantime, the clock is ticking. Giants are fighting on the chessboard. Want to give a shout out to our fellow conspiracy realist, uh, Steph, who just wrote to us about our episode on the great game and about the importance to world powers of controlling this part of the globe. While these giants fight in their great game, innocent people with no influence on that game are paying in blood and treasure for every single move made. So when you hear things like SWIFT banking system, right? Oh, nuclear option on a sanction. There's more to the story. There are more to these headlines. As we record today, the situation is ongoing and we're not sure what the future will hold, but we do know (laughs) <laughs> Matt, we do know that we do know that apparently uh, Russia's OPSEC is pretty sloppy. They got compromised. Uh, wasn't it just earlier this week some uh, some classified Russian intel was discovered? It was abandoned, and it was like the war will last fifteen days. Oh yeah, some. There are a couple of things like that that I've seen online. I haven't been able to fully verify any of it, but documents and statements that were published early or or published at a time when maybe they were like scheduled or something, when Russia believed they were going to be able to declare victory or something, you know, kind of like the banner on the battleship. Um, Mm -hmm. And that last one was very weird. It was like an outline. Yeah, here it'll be 15 (laughs) days. This this is what's going to happen. This is our plan. Um, Mm Well, Weird. And like I said earlier, too, I mean, he, he has come out saying, no, no setbacks here. All in our military operation, right? That's how he refers to it. Everything's on hey, schedule. Hey, Russian we've accomplished. Not bad, dude. It was, I was trying to keep it subtle. Um, <laughs> everything that we've set out to accomplish has thus far been accomplished on schedule. Uh, and I think that 15 days is still what he's kind of thinking about. What are we, eight days in now? Mm. Again, March <sighs> well, 4th, 2022. March 4th. 2022. Uh, Yeah, so we want to hear from you folks, especially if you are in country, if you're in Ukraine, if you are in Russia, if you are in Belarus, if you are anywhere in the area, if you have family in the area. uh, We also want to hear about your conversations with your family members, with your friends, with your loved ones. Please be safe and help us share this story with the world and let us know what more people need to know about the context, about the, the specifics, the rabbit holes regarding this stuff. We want to dive in. We want to dive in with you. And speaking of rabbit holes, there are several we didn't go down. We, we mentioned crypto, but we haven't examined it yet. That may be a future episode. There's something else that we need to talk about, at least briefly, well, something called Cybos. Yeah, uh, Cybos. You may not know this. 
Ben and Noel and I go to a thing called Podcast Movement every year. We've mentioned it before in the show. It's a conference, right? There are conferences for many things, many industries. Cybos is the Swift conference that occurs every year, and it has been occurring since 1978. And every year, a a except for 2020, I believe, or and maybe 2021, uh, every year they pick a city and a bunch of the Swift member banks and organizations and associates get together and they talk about the future of international banking of banking technology and all different sorts of innovations that are occurring within the sector. To me, it feels very much like a, I don't want to use the term Illuminati, but it's definitely an elite group of the world's most powerful financial institutions and individuals that run those institutions where they get together and they share knowledge. And to me, it just feels, I don't know, like maybe the closest I've seen to an Illuminati specifically because it's the, it's the money. It's the people who control the money. It doesn't matter how powerful you are. If you can't move money and buy things or sell things, then what are you going to do? You just have a bunch of, you just have, like you said, a pile of treasure that just sits there that can't be converted into weapons or hypersonic missiles. Well Um, said, let's email them. Let's email them and see what they say (laughs) about 2022 in Amsterdam. And I I love what you're saying there because we're talking about the the importance of gatekeeping, right? Like Facebook with the metaverse, they know that this next iteration or this next evolution of online experience is occurring. And they said, why don't we, we don't have to buy the house. Why don't we own the door? Right. And Swift in a very real way doesn't own the house, but they do own the door. And I think there's a compelling argument that owning the door is more important at at some point. Oh, we also should mention Swift is a for-profit entity. This is not an altruistic thing. They get a VIG. They get a VIG off of all those, you know, millions of transactions. But to, to me, Ben, in my mind, Swift is Swift is the private club. It's the Piedmont Driving Club. It's the um, you know the place. Oh, it's the place. W- yeah, it's Warhorse <laughs> Investments. It's where people get together. They pay they pay money to get in to become a member, and then they all get to talk to each other. Right. To me, it's an equivalent. Swift is a private country club kind of thing or a golf club, where just the biggest banking institutions get to chill and know each other's families and send each other presents in the form of billion-dollar transactions. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's a different world, you know, to paraphrase the old sitcom here in the States. uh, We do need to collectively be more aware of these things that happen, right, of these things that happen regularly, because you may not know the ins and outs of it, but they affect you. You know, I'd be very interested, Matt, uh, to hear about someone's experience visiting uh, visiting this conference, this podcast movement for Swift. Uh, what do you they guys think? They were in Atlanta we- in 2004. I know, I, but we didn't get to go. God, what were we even doing in 2004? That's before the three of us met, you know? I was at GSU. Um, That's what's up. <laughs> so I think I was out of the country actually at that at that time. But uh but um 
I say we email them. Maybe just request like their press packet or something like that. It's got to be interesting to read now. And uh, with that, with uh, an adventure ahead, with sincere um, concern and well wishes for the innocent people who are being affected by the largest land war in Europe in quite some time, um, we wanted to end with just a, just a little thing to make this not so depressing. I thought it was funny. I found it on our Facebook group. Here's where it gets crazy. And some get this. Someone got me. Someone pointed out something dumb I did, which, you know, the three of us know each other very well. It's not hard to point out dumb things I do, at least for Nolan Matt. But but this this guy got me. All right. Tom H says, quote, Ben seemed to think the phrase private social club was ironic in today's listener mail episode. Ben Bolin. Yes. A private social club, much like any Facebook group that requires permission to join and only members can see the post of. Well done, Tom. You got me. Uh, I thought of, I thought about that, too. I got got. Good job, Tom. I just thought that would give us a chuckle, and I think it's okay for me to point it out because I'm the one who is wrong. <laughs> But we do have a Facebook group. We try to be easy to find online. You can find us on Instagram as well. Uh, You should tune in, I think, to our social media because we have some pretty cool stuff on the way. We do indeed. And you can hear all about it, as Ben said, on Instagram or on Facebook or on Twitter or on YouTube. You can find us on those under the handle Conspiracy Stuff. That Instagram is Conspiracy Stuff Show. But wait, there's more. You want to give us a telephone call? Leave us a tale of some sort, an audio message, a missive? Well, you can do that, too. Yes, call us. Our number is 1-833-STDWYTK. When you leave a message, please give yourself a cool nickname. You've got three minutes. Say whatever you'd like. In that three minutes, please include whether or not you give us permission to use your name and voicemail on the air. If you've got more to say than can fit in that three minutes, instead, why not consider sending us a good old evolution of the telex, an email. We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. 
Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.